the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to my mommy and her friends on Trails and Testimonies. Come on, y'all. Let's go. Welcome to Trails and Testimonies. My name is Kim Fitz. You can follow me on Instagram at the Kim Fitz, or you can follow Trails and Testimonies on Facebook. The last time that we hiked together, we met Jadith Stone, a woman who was physically attacked while driving somebody to church. Well, she was left with 33 staples in a hospital bed with PTSD, but she didn't just survive that attack. She dominated it. And now she speaks of God's love, forgiveness, and has a beautiful testimony. So throw on your hiking boots and let's go to part two of Jadith Stone's testimony. Thankfully, I'd been through enough with Jesus before that, because at that point, I'd been a believer almost 19 years because I was born again on August 12th of 1999. So in this month will be my 21st birthday. Yay! I, <laughs> I was know. looking at the date going, wait. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm like, woo, 21. <laughs> yeah. That is great. It is awesome. It really is. And I'm very outspoken. I'm very feisty. And so the path that Jesus has taken me on, there have been more blessings than I could ever, ever even begin to list. And there's been a lot of heartache, a lot of loss, a lot of things that he has asked me to give up or even that I've not yet had. As a woman, you intuitively and naturally will long for, you know, children, a family, man of God to live this life with and and to battle for Jesus and to win souls together with. And it's just been such a desire, probably more than anything else other than taking Christ to others to help people, to help those who can't help themselves, to help those, you know, who are in slavery right now. And those passions have been the most prominent thing in my life. And I have been unable to actively be a part of or have most all of that for all of my salvation, ironically. Like I've had all these other blessings, but the very few things that really mean the most to me is like Jesus continually says, not yet, just wait, not yet, just wait. Um, there have been pockets of time that I've been absolutely okay with that. And that I'm like, oh, no, I, I know you love me. I trust you. And then there have been other things that have happened. And then I'm like, really? <laughs> I'm like, why? And I've even been to the point where I've said many times, do you really love me? And before I can even say it out loud, I hear him and I feel him in my heart. I feel more loved in that moment as I'm crying out, as I'm angry. And I think it's um, a beautiful thing that he's a big enough God that he can take that. He's not surprised. He already knows how we feel and what we're thinking. It doesn't offend him. He is upset when we are fake, when we play Christian, when we say and do the right things because that's what, quote, we're supposed to do. No, King David, all through Psalms, was just everywhere with his emotions. You look at the prophet Elijah, 
the greatest prophet. Brothers calling down fire from heaven. And then fast forward, next chapter, he's hiding from a woman. <laughs> I mean, God bless Elijah. I can't imagine being him, right? But that's the frailty of humanity. Like we're here on earth. We aren't in heaven with him. And so he gives us, he strengthens us, and he empowers us through his goodness and through the spirit. But we still have flesh and blood that we have to contend with. We still have the enemy. We still have our own battle in our minds. And so, you know, just like Abraham, Abraham walked with God. He knew God. He saw Jesus. You know, he he saw angels. He knew that he was going to have a son. But time goes by, time goes by, time goes by, and it wears us down. And so for myself, that's been my greatest struggle in these almost 21 years has been, I know he's faithful. I know that he's going to do what he says and that regardless of how it actually looks as it fleshes out, that's really of less importance to me now than just knowing that I've done my part with him and I have trusted him. I have um, walked in the obedience of faith so that whomever he created me to be, that I will fully become that woman for him and for the church and for his purposes. I um, wish that I had listened only to him all this time and not listened to other often well-meaning people, sometimes Christians, sometimes not Christians. You know, they would be like, oh, JD, God doesn't want you to be alone. And I'm like, well, evidently he does because <laughs> it's just not working out any other way. And, and I would meet amazing people and I would, there've only been um, a very few times in the last 21 years I actually did get involved in any type of relationship. And every time has been a, a very tragic mistake without exception. There was one person who I was a prayer partner with for almost four years. He was in the military, so he was gone for the majority of the time overseas on a tour. And our lives just went in separate, very opposite ways. And it was also just before smartphones and such. I really kind of don't even know what happened to that friendship, but it just never really became solid again. And at that time, though, I felt that that was the Lord helping me see this is what it's like to have a godly courtship. This is what it's like to have a man in your life who is seeking my heart for your will. Not even as a husband, but just as a brother in Christ. Just as someone who loves and respects you. That was my standard for the longest time. As time went on, I'm in my early 30s. I get married. I wish that man the best. It just was not meant to be. We tried to work things out off and on for a few years. Um, it just was not. It was not what God had. There was a lot of abandonment and adultery. And finally, Jesus was like, no more. Do not allow that anymore in your life. And so that released me from that marriage. And and then I was just the Lord's again. And so from that, there's in the very little interaction that I've had, and um, especially in 2019, I was in a relationship with someone who initially was there for me after the attack. Although I'm grateful that that time happened and that person was there, I um, unfortunately should never had been involved with that person. He was not a Christian and I knew better. You know, a lot of people will say, oh, well, Jada, you know, people understand and it doesn't matter that people understand. What matters is that my beloved gave his life so I could be his and he's faithful and it took me being involved in a relationship that actually did more damage to my heart and my life than being stabbed did. And I only say that because 
not of the person, but because when you step outside of the umbrella of God's will, we are opening ourselves up to everything that he has given his whole life, his whole everything to protect us from. And so there was damage done spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, that was far more damaging than anything else just about that I've been through because I had been in such a Jesus bubble for so long and had not experienced those things. And if I had, it was a far lesser degree because Christ was my main source of love and support. So I try to share with women and my brothers as well, you know, listen, God's not holding out on you. If you are a single person or you're widowed or you're divorced and you're longing to have that person to to live life with, and especially when you have a heart for the Lord and a heart for ministry, you know, we know that God made the woman for man. Like we're created for relationship. We're created for relationship with him first, with the Lord first. But there's a fulfillment in life that's undeniable and it's a beautiful thing. But at the end of the day, Jesus is enough. If and when he brings my husband and I together, praise God for that my Jesus is my life. And I think it took me going through the devastation of committing myself to a person in a relationship that was not God's will, nor God's best for me to appreciate the beauty of only having Jesus. There's no compromise now. There's no desire to compromise until Jesus comes back. I'll stay single if that's what it means to be fully his and to be available to live a life that is 100% spent in passionate pursuit of him and living to help others and to shine the light into the darkness of slavery and to shine the light into the darkness of this world as we go through what the whole world is going through right now. Um, and, And to just help people see that no matter what happens to you, again, God is in control. He has a plan. He loves you. Nothing and no one can touch you, harm you, unless he either allows or causes it. And that's very difficult for most of us. And I get that. You know, there are things that people have gone through that are terrifying nightmares that praise God I will never have to endure. I don't try to say that lightly when I say that he allows or causes everything, but we know from the book of Job. And that book was so confusing to me in the beginning Ah, because I was like, uh, why? <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. He got, he got tenfold in the end. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And it, it was really hard for off. me to grasp. It seems that cruel. That was okay. It seems cruel. Very. Truly. Because right. you're like, okay, father. So let me get this straight. So Job is over here loving you, telling everybody how awesome you are, making sure that all his whole family is right with you. And then you like basically sick Satan on him. <laughs> right. Like just so we're on the same page. And for the <laughs> longest time in that chapter, I gave Satan so much more power in that oh. chapter. Oh, he has no power. Than he oh. ever well. deserved. <laughs> yeah. But right. I, I right. didn't understand it. Right. It didn't make sense to me. Right. Here is this lizard that just comes sneaking <laughs> in and you're like what is he even doing in the room why did you even so right I agree yeah. I agree well um I can remember Kim the year that it really kind of landed in my heart at least from myself uh, the fullest understanding at that point I'd ever had of the sovereignty of God as is true for most people growing up, you know, you just have stuff. Families have stuff. I love my family. I love them all very much. We are 
some of us um, are good and then some of us are not good with each other. We're um, still human. Exactly. And, you know, at the end of the day, I believe that somehow in his timing that God will open a door uh, for reconciliation because that's his heart. My siblings and myself, we went through some really bad things growing up. I remember in 2013, I had been in a, a Bible study and it was talking about the sovereignty of God. And all of a sudden, for the first time, really, since I had been saved, I thought, wait a minute. So every single thing that I ever, ever went through and that anybody ever did to me, you knew before and you let it happen. And I was furious. I was so upset. I was, I felt betrayed I felt full of anger I'm like how could you how and I just cried and cried and cried and I was so mad and I'm like Jesus that's not fair you're God and I know you died on the cross but you're God (laughs) you know I mean literally I was like well of course you can handle that because you're you're him I kid you not Kim for the longest time after that Jesus would either place people sermons scriptures devotionals around me that were little windows into his suffering in his humanity because when he became incarnate and he was born as a man through Mary then he laid aside his power so to speak you know he never stopped being god but he chose to be one of us to feel what we feel to have the same temptations that we have you know scripture says that he has been tempted in every way that we have which is crazy can we just say, but without sin, all the betrayal, he was betrayed by his own creation and he has a heart of only love. He's sinless. So as much as something like that would ever hurt you or myself, we're sinful. We're fallen. I mean, we're redeemed, but at the same time, there's a hardness and a callousness in our lives that he never has had and never will have because he's perfect love. And the whole time he had a choice. He did not have to die on that cross for us. He did not. And it, and I've heard it taught that it would have only taken one drop of his blood to be the sacrifice that we needed. But he allowed, talking about being sovereign and allowing something, he allowed himself to be, you know, flogged and to the point of almost death. You hear scholars talk about how it's a miracle he didn't die of. It was a hypovolemic shock on the way to the cross because of all of his blood loss. And then to be nailed to the cross, not just tied. And then to have only known relationship with the father and the spirit for all eternity. And then to allow himself to be separated from that, to save us. That's the sovereignty and the love of God. So yes, there's been hell in my life. Yes, there's been that for a lot of people, for most of us. But the greatest pain and the greatest suffering and the greatest torment he took on himself for us so that we would not have to experience that. And so that we would be made whole with him forever, ever and ever and ever and ever. And so that was how he helped me get past that. And so that was 2013. Five years later, by the time 2018 rolls around, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not struggling with why did things happen? (laughs) I'm just really, really ticked off that this guy who I'm trying to take to church is messing up my career, is messing up my new white outfit. (laughs) When I thought it was so powerful for you to sit in the driver's seat, 
not only <laughs> while you're physically driving for him to be doing what he was doing to you mm-hmm. and for you not to physically struggle, yeah. but to mentally call out oh, Jesus and say, yeah. only you can stop this. I knew it. I just said without, it was the craziest thing, Kim. It was, it was not even, it wasn't my first instinct. It just, it was all I know. It's all I know. And that is He's so all I know. powerful to not yeah. jump into your human flesh side mm. while you're being stabbed and choked and to say, Jesus, help me. Yeah. Jesus, because his name is so powerful. Yes. And yes. so the enemy he that was living flee. inside of the person that was sitting behind you, yeah, I think. Arnold, man. Uh, he was right? just a puppet. But I, I, I think that evil spirit felt and heard you oh, say yeah, it did they're terrifying name. at the name of jesus every knee must bow and so for you to call his name exactly which is why i was like hey. boom i was like hey <laughs> did you guys i said jesus <laughs> like what is up i don't know if you can hear What's me the right delay? now because i don't I'm, understand <laughs> i'm struggling i'm like is this thing working <laughs> I, I really was i was a little like miffed that it still was going on i was like i said jesus i had said <laughs> don't you hear what i said <laughs> you know, I really... so but question is and i go back to like when you were thinking when you were talking about arnold's eyes mm-hmm. the transformation i know that he had to have felt your spirit not only inside sure. of that apartment yeah. but when you were inside that vehicle oh yeah and the power that you carried because you carried Jesus with you inside of that right. vehicle. And I don't know if that slowed his role. I'm sure down any, he's a Marine. So, I mean, I love our military. I am diehard American, like give me our law enforcement, our military. Those people are heroes through and through utmost and only respect. Mm-hmm. Our first responders, they just, we wouldn't be here without them. Um, I could, I should, I will say this. I should have just been gone like that. There were multiple ways that he could have taken me out. Um, The fact that I just have two little scars on my side and this one on my belly is unreal. Have you talked to him since that happened? No. So the first year was really hard because his lawyer kept trying to get him bond those were the times that caused me to really fall apart at work. Other than that, I usually was pretty good. You know, I didn't, I had to talk about it almost every day <laughs> because I worked in a gym. It was a family gym. So everybody's like, how are you? What happened? Oh my gosh. And I'm like, ah, and you were healing. I mean, how many staples did you have I once had, the doctor cut you? Open? I had 28 in my up and down my linea alba. So from here to here, I had the staples and then I had the ones in my, from the stab wounds, but I went back to work pretty quickly. They were like, take two months. I was like, not at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, um, you know, so I couldn't do a lot, obviously, but I would go upstairs in my office and I was just surrounded by amazing people. And so they were always like, you know, what happened? And you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. But I also knew it was such a, an amazing witness to the, the goodness of God and the faithfulness of Jesus. And so I try to talk about it a lot. But of course, you know, I was also dealing with having to, go backwards in my career feeling like um when am I going to get to a point where it's just not hard you know and that was I think the thing that made me the most angry my fallback and my go-to emotion at this point in my life usually is anger which is a protective mechanism and the Holy Spirit has really helped me work through so much of that because anger is deadly 
it is a virus, a cancer that just corrupts your whole soul and your whole being. That and bitterness and unforgiveness. And so, and the devil knows how to work. Oh, oh, ways sister. through our spirit, oh, working gosh. with that. So in 2019, my PTSD got so bad, I would just have road rage. And I would just tear through traffic lights and not even realize they were red. I mean, it's just, praise God, no one ever got hurt. But I reached such a boiling point because I wasn't immersed in just Jesus and in only godly relationships. You know, I was in an unequally relationship where I was not growing in Christ. That person never was, never took the place of Christ in my heart. I loved them because of who I thought they were and who I thought they were to me. But I love Jesus more. And the only reason I stayed in that relationship was because of who that person had been to me when I was first attacked. So I felt this, you know, well, they're in a bad time, so I'm not going to leave them in their bad time because they were there for me in my bad time when really I should have never even been there in the first place. But again, you know, I feel that Jesus allowed that that period of time. There were some good points that came from it. I do believe there was a good friendship there. I do believe that I had been single for so long that to be in a relationship at least made me feel a little more normal, a little more human, because it's not an easy thing to stay single, especially if you're, you know, I'll be 46 in February. And so to be working in the fitness industry and have people asking you out and have the options, but know that they're wonderful people, but they're not that, (laughs) I always say, I'm waiting on a Jesus-loving Navy SEAL. And not because that man has to be a Navy SEAL, but because he has to have that kind of heart and that kind of unstoppable passion for God's glory. So if you're listening, just email me. Just saying. Just, Ink and Grace Fitness. Just, <laughs> she's Ink and Grace Fitness. And I do want to talk about that ministry as well. When you're talking about your single life and you're talking about what happened mm-hmm. and your attack, I feel like like what you said when God allowed that attack to happen, you were shining light into Arnold's yeah, life. Yeah. And then when you got out of that attack, mm-hmm. when you survived that attack and pushed forward. And then you went into when that I relationship. dominated that attack. Yes. <laughs> yes. Dominated sister. And then when you dominated that relationship. Yes. <laughs> you were shining light into that man's life. Hopefully. As well. <laughs> I mean, I think that could probably you know. be argued, but we'll see. <laughs> so, but hopefully Arnold got a piece of Jesus and so. he saw that. And hopefully your, yeah. re- your last relationship, as you went through these, uh, I don't want to call them speed bumps because I think they're much larger yeah. than speed bumps. Um, than that, that, that man also got a piece of Jesus and maybe just maybe that is all that they needed was that little bit of light and that crack. And it'll so. be, it'll be open in the future for them to I, see that love. I think that all of us are on, um, in the same boat in that respect, Kim, we all need Jesus. I believe that, in his way that he loved me as much as he could. And there have been many wonderful things that have come about Romans eight twenty eight. right? God uses, he works all things together for our good because we love him and because we're called according to his purpose. So one thing that's come from the bad things of the relationship was that there was another young woman who I'm now great friends with, who was in and out of the picture. She and I both were, and what was meant for evil by the enemy, not by person. But I know that ultimately we war against flesh and blood. Um, we don't war against flesh and blood. We war against the enemy. So what the enemy of our souls had meant to cause harm and division among 
other believers. Instead, Jesus has used to make faith stronger with people and to help other people see that forgiveness is possible. And, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, it's about learning how to love and forgive people and love them for who they are and not who you want them to be, but that anything is possible with God. And so I do love that person that I was in a relationship with. I wish him the best. I love Arnold. I wish him the best. I'm not looking to be Arnold's best friend, but I, <laughs> but I genuinely pray salvation for them because That's huge for you to say that you love and I'm assuming forgiveness, of course, for both of them. Of That's course. really big. The struggle is real. You know, there are some days that I'm just like, oh, Holy Spirit, I praise you. I forgive. And other days I'm like, Jesus, smite them. <laughs> you know, and I, I don't. Just kidding. You know, exactly. <laughs> because it, um, ultimately it was my sin that nailed Christ to the cross. Mm. And so nothing anybody has ever done or would ever do is worse than what my sin has done to a perfect God. So that's been the way that Jesus has helped me not hold on to pride and bitterness and unforgiveness and, and given me the grace to, to genuinely forgive and wish the best for all I do. And so day in and day out, we all work with our forgiveness, but with mm-hmm. your PTSD, how mm-hmm. is that every day? I don't have it anymore. It's amazing. It's a miracle. I did in 2019, but I do believe that it was just a, a my humanity, you know, and, and I um, I thought I was going to have to see you. The question originally was, did I ever see Arnold again? Well, I thought I was going to have to see him for his uh, sentencing. And that was when really the, the PTSD had already started, but it really came to a head and started just going almost out of control at that point. But I didn't know that's what it was. I didn't. I, it wasn't all. It wasn't until I was coming out of that that I realized what I'd gone through. I just thought, why are my emotions so all over the place? Why do things set me off? Why all this rage and anger? Why? I know now, but I didn't because I had never dealt with that. And it's a horrible thing. It's real, but also God is greater. He's greater. But God. Yeah, exactly. But God. And so now, when did you create Ink and Grace? So um, I had started an Instagram account back in 2019. Um, My ex and then one of my good friends who I was a trainer with at Gold's had been encouraging me to start an Instagram account. Um, my friend TJ, he wanted me to do it because he's like, Jay, you have a story and you know, you're, you're a middle aged woman with this amazing story. He was like, people need to hear it. You know, they'll follow you because to me, I'm like, well, there are on the level of fitness professionals, I'm a great trainer, but I'm not the best. And that's not my main goal in life is not to be the best trainer that ever existed. My goal and my purpose in life is to live for Jesus, take Christ to the world and save babies. Right. Literally. And so <laughs> I'm like, why would I, I was like, nobody wants to look at my Instagram account. I was like, <laughs> I love to over here and save babies. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes, please. First and foremost, after Jesus, save babies. <laughs> so where can they follow you at? So they can follow me. Um, I'm on Facebook at Ink and Grace Fitness, LLC. That's really the best place because I really don't even use my Instagram account anymore. It's just too much social media. (laughs) What is the name behind Ink and Grace? So I just prayed um, about if I was going to have some sort of platform on social media that was about his story in my life and um, about fitness, what should it be? And that was just what I believe he put in my heart because I have tattoos and, you know, because my life is a story of just absolute utmost grace. 
And that just fit. So grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Times infinity. Yes, yes, Kim. Jadith, thank you so very much Absolutely. for coming on Trails and Testimonies. And at the end of every Trails and Testimonies, we always like to say happy trails to you. And we like to end on a beautiful, happy, encouraging quote. Oh, yay. That's why you were. Okay, awesome. Yes. <laughs> so my favorite quote, really, of all of my salvation has been from St. Irenaeus, I think is how you say his last name. But it's that the glory of God is man fully alive. The first time I ever saw that, it just stuck in my heart. I feel like at this point in my journey with him, Jesus has helped me see that in ways that are not only impactful for my intimacy and relationship with him and that love and trust relationship, but then the ability to speak into other people's lives. And I had a friend recently, he was like, girl, people don't need to just survive. He's like, I don't even like that term. He was like, they need to dominate. They need to win. I was like, yes, they need to win. (laughs) And that's it. That's being fully alive. Like Jesus conquered death. He conquered sin. The cross conquered everything. And so we need to walk in that and live in that because we are on this earth to take Christ to people and get them back with the Father. And so the best way to do that is fully alive. Right. Oh, I love that. And so I'm going to rewind and edit what I said about you being a survivor. You are a dominator. Thank you. <laughs> you dominated like, praise God. it. Right. Right. Praise, praise God. Jesus. Thank yeah. God that you're here and that we are able to record yes. and share your testimony. And thank you for doing that. Of course, Kim. Thank you for having me. I'm so grateful. Let's hike down. Let's do it, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Remember to subscribe. Right. I guess that's it, guys.